Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. Uh, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Mark chapter number 8. Mark chapter number 8. <clears throat> and today we come to this last message on this series of revisiting the gospel uh, for the month of April. And the topics that we've covered already uh, about the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man. And last week we looked at why the resurrection matters. And um, when we we look at those topics and we consider the gospel, I mean, we could probably spend a whole year uh, talking about... um, what the gospel is and, and how it impacts our lives. And we'd really only be scratching the surface of uh, the depths of the gospel that it has in our lives. And um, we must remember that the gospel was established long before um, the, uh, the worlds were ever formed and God ever spoke anything into existence. Uh, we learned that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. And uh, God, in his perfect wisdom, planned everything so perfectly uh, that he would be glorified in everything. Paul stated it this way in Ephesians uh, 1, 9 through 12. He says, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And so there's this unfolding drama of redemption that happens from Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. And the drama that it's displaying for us is the gospel that God in his wisdom and in his power has planned all of this out, even before the foundation of the world. And so I encourage you, uh, as you study God's word, uh, study through it with the lens of the gospel to be recaptured again uh, by the message of Christ. And so this last message here this morning, I, I wanted to take some time to explore the subject of being crucified with Christ. Um, if we've been changed, if you, there was a time in your life when you repented of your sins and you believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior, if we have been changed by Christ, if we've been changed by his death and his burial and resurrection, our lives should be marked by the gospel. Uh, we've taken on a new identity, we're a new creature, and uh, we should be, as what the scripture says, that we have been crucified with Christ. Uh, When a person repents of their sin and believes the message of the gospel, not only is that person justified before God, having their sins forgiven and graciously given eternal life of the home in heaven, but the other part of the gospel is that since you are alive here and you remain here, uh, the gospel is that Christ calls you to take up your cross and to follow him. Uh, this, is a, this is part of the message of the gospel that we very rarely hear, uh, that we are supposed to be dying to self, taking up our cross, and following after him. 
Uh, we all like the part of sins forgiven on my way to heaven. But now that you're here, what has Christ called you to do? Take up your cross and follow him. So when we look at the gospel, it does not end with just what Christ did, but it continues in our lives. And we should be rehearsing the gospel every day in our life. Uh, it will keep us humble. It will enable us to walk in this life that he's called us to live in. And uh, we're to be walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And that gives us victory over the flesh. And so we are to be crucified with Christ. And so this is what I really want you to take away with you uh, this morning. Taking up my cross and being crucified with Christ is the only way to follow Christ and live. Taking up my cross and following and being crucified with Christ is the only way to follow Christ and live. I believe in every Christian's heart, there is a cross and there is a throne. And until we decide to put ourselves on the cross and take ourselves off the throne, we won't really experience what Christ has called us to do in following him. This is probably why there's so much backsliding and worldliness among the church today and believers who say that they have believed in the gospel. We want to be saved, but many of us insist that Christ do all the dying. And so Christ has called us to die, to take up our cross, and follow him. So I want to share with you just a few things about this. First of all, denying self. So if we're going to be crucified with Christ, we must deny ourself. If we're going to follow Christ and live out this gospel that he's called us to live in, we must be willing to deny ourselves. What does that mean? In the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we find this passage here that we're going to read here out of uh, Mark chapter number 8. And Jesus says that if you want to follow him, you will have to deny yourself. Matthew and Luke read pretty much identical, and Mark here uh, adds some interesting statements uh, that uh, the other ones don't have. So let's read this passage here, Mark chapter number 8. Look at uh, verses uh, 31 uh, through 38. Jesus here is speaking and says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? 
For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Sad to say, there are a lot of fans of Jesus, but there's not a lot of followers of Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to be a follower, here is the requirements. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Notice these statements that Jesus makes here. Look at particularly in verse number 34. Notice Jesus does not say, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up my cross and follow me. He says, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Your cross and my cross, our personal cross. There's a great difference between Jesus' cross and your own personal cross. Christ calls us to carry our own cross, not his cross. Never before was there ever a cross like the, the cross that Jesus died on, the one that he carried. Christ himself carried and he endured his own cross. And yes, the crosses that were given out that day when Christ and the other two uh, malefactors that were crucified with Christ, those crosses, yeah, we could look at them and we could say, boy, they're just a cross. But in reality, Christ carried a different cross. The whole dreadful event of dying and how Christ suffered was something totally unique. It had to be because God had planned this before the foundation of the world to re in order to redeem man. His cross was unique. His suffering was unique. His death was unique. It had to be in order for Christ to become a curse and take the judgment of sin. So there was no doubt of what Jesus was saying here when he told his disciples and his followers there, if you want to be a follower of me, you must take up your cross and follow me. Everybody knew what that meant because crosses that day were an instrument of death. Every cross was and is an instrument of death. In the early church, the first century Christians experienced uh, this statement as a reality. In 108 AD, under the persecution of Marcus Eulippus, history records for us the account of Ignatius, who was appointed as the bishop of Antioch after Peter. Uh, and because he professed Christ, he was given to the wild beast to be devoured. Here is what Ignatius wrote to Rome about his soon-to-come martyrdom. These are his words. Listen to what he says. Now I began to be a disciple. I care for nothing of visible or invisible things so that I may win Christ. Let fire and the cross, let the companies of wild beasts, 
Let breaking of bones and tearing of limbs, let the grinding of the whole body and all the malice of the devil come upon me. Be it so, only may I win Christ. And even when he was being sentenced to death, the death sentence has been passed upon him, and he was being thrown to the beast. He says this, I am wheat of Christ. I am going to be ground with the teeth of wild beast that I may be found pure bread. So there's no doubt about it. When Jesus says, take up your cross, his disciples, his followers knew what it meant. It meant death. In order to carry that cross, Jesus says, you must first deny yourself. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 14 about the cost of discipleship. Listen carefully. He says in verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sister, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus demands complete and total loyalty. And if we are to be a true disciple, all the other rivals in life must be put away. Listen to what he says the rivals are. He names them. Father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, and even the greatest rival of all, yourself. Jesus says you must deny yourself. You must hate your own life also in order to be my disciple. So take yourself off the throne. It's not about you. I believe this is what's wrong with a lot of the self-help prosperity preaching that is being slurped up by the masses today. It's all about you, how wonderful you are, how great you are, how, how God without you could not do anything. And this is what is required from Christ if we are to be followers of Christ and live out the gospel in our lives. We must deny ourselves. You know, what's interesting about taking this cross up that we're called to, to bear is it's voluntarily. Christ doesn't place the cross on you. You must voluntarily take it up. This is a really is what makes the difference between an apathetic Christian and those that are marked with wholehearted devotion to the Lord. It all begins in the heart. It's making the conscious decision to either deny yourself and take up your cross or not to. I understand that all of us in here are at different levels in our spirituality. We're at different growth stages. And this is not what this is talking about. This is talking about a daily act of denying yourself and taking up your cross and following Jesus. Other translations read that this is an act of denying ourselves, and it's to be done daily. And I love that, that it's a daily choice. It's a daily decision, a daily voluntarily decision to take up our cross and follow him. So everyone knew when Jesus said, take up your cross, that it only meant one thing, death. 
The Jews that were living under Roman rule at this time had seen their fair amount of people carrying crosses to a crucifixion. The Romans had adopted the cross as a way of deterring crime. And they had great faith in it. In fact, they had perfected it to it as science of how to put somebody to death. In history, we read that during the revolt of Spartacus, 6,000 men were crucified in a single day and hung on crosses all the way between from Capua all the way to Rome. They knew what it meant. And so this leads me to my second point. We deny ourselves, but secondly, we must die to self. Have you died yet? Have you died yet? The words of Jesus are, we are to take up our cross and follow him. Nobody wants to die on a cross. Nobody. I found this to be true in my life as well, that I don't want to die, much less die on a cross. But these are the words of Jesus. If I am to be a disciple, I am to take up my cross and follow him. Obviously, he's not saying that we are to literally die on a cross. I know that there have been some religions in the past that promote this uh, self-crucifixion where they tie themselves to a cross and they hang on a physical cross. He's not talking about that. And yes, there were some of the disciples of Jesus that were crucified on a cross and they did die. They died a martyr's death. But Jesus is talking here about taking self off the throne and putting ourselves on the cross. One thing that's interesting that I see today in Christianity is that we all like to talk about having spiritual victory and going deep with God. But yet none of us are willing to die to self. We want to rescue ourselves from the cross. We're unwilling to die. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as he talks about dying with Christ. Philippians 3, 10 through 11. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul is saying, I want to die on that cross and I want to know what it is to die there. Because if I die with him, I will also know him in a better resurrection. The Christian who lives his life for the gospel will experience death and resurrection over and over and over and over and over. It's a daily thing. Constantly dying to self and being resurrected to new life in Christ. This is what the gospel has called us to do. To die to self, to be resurrected with Christ every single day of our lives. Listen to what Paul writes in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. 
The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, the cross on which Jesus died not only brought Christ's life to an end, but it also brought an end to our old life, the old man, the old pattern, the old self, the sinner. Listen again to Paul's statement in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified. This is really the meaning of it, is not? My death. I have been crucified. See, the gospel really pinpoints the problem and cures the problem. You say, what's the problem? It's I. It's me. It's you. It's us. We want to be on the throne. But we must put ourselves to death. Crucified with Christ. The Bible teaches us that every unregenerate, unsaved human being wrestles with his problem of sin and self-centeredness. And the only cure for it is Christ's death and resurrection. This is what is so amazing about the gospel. That when we, when we receive Christ, we receive a new nature. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. How do we experience that new life? We have to die. That's the only way to be crucified with Christ. And so this is what Paul is saying. I have been crucified with Christ. My old man, my old nature, my old self has been crucified. Yet I live. What power! I've become a new person. I live in Christ, and Christ lives in me. So, have you died yet? Are you dead? Romans 6 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Colossians 2.20, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Colossians 3.3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 2 Timothy 2.11, here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. Our death in Christ is a death to the old self, the old ways, the sinful life. It is, it is a reality and it is a hope. It is truth as well as life. So if we're going to be living a life that models the gospel, then we must put this into practice. We must die. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3 verses uh, 5. Colossians 3, 5. Look what Paul writes here about death, dying to self. Colossians 3, 5.
Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. This is a daily activity that Paul calls us to do. All of us, all of us, myself included, wrestle with at least one of these, if not more. You say, what? What do you wrestle with? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from my lips. All of us, myself included, wrestle with these. And if you don't find your specific sin in this list, I guarantee you it's probably somewhere else in another list. So we are called to die to self, put to death these things. Uh, the King James translation reads, mortify. We get the word mortician, one who works with dead people, right? They mortify the members, put them to death. They're no longer to be alive. And so the point is we are to put these things to death in our lives. How do we do that? Through the power of the gospel. I don't have to live this way. Reckon yourself to be dead to sin. You don't have to allow your sinful passions to control you. It is through the way of the cross that we will be able to find spiritual victory, joy, and fruitfulness in your Christian life. Sad to say, but that many of us, myself included, want to avoid death. We want to avoid the cross. We love our sin. We love our darkness and evil deeds. We look for the easy way, the comfortable way. But there is only one way to die to self, and that is through the cross. Take it for what it is. It's the old, rugged cross. And it's the way to death to self and sin. It's the way to life with Christ. The gospel is not all about death. The good news of the gospel is there is life. There's life after death. The good news of being crucified with Christ is there is life after dying to self. There is resurrection power for every believer in Christ. And this leads me to my third point. It's not only denying ourselves and dying to self, but thirdly, resurrection to life and victory. When we decide to deny ourselves, take up our cross, put our flesh to death, there is resurrection, life, and victory for the believer. Listen to what Paul says again here in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. 
He wants to know the power of his resurrection to share in his sufferings, all while becoming like him in death. This is Paul's primary desire. This is what Paul wants more than anything else in this life. To know the living, resurrected Christ and to know the power that's associated with that resurrection. What do you want more than anything in life? Probably really determine what idols we have in our heart. No, Paul does not ask God for more power. Instead, he asks God that he might know the resurrection power he already has. You have resurrected power living inside of you. Use it to your advantage. Know it. This really sums up the life of the believer as he denies himself, he takes up his cross and is crucified with Christ. The, the believer then experiences a resurrection power living on the inside. I quote Galatians 2.20 again, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Listen to what Paul prays as he writes to the uh, Ephesians. Look at this prayer that Paul prays for this, this church at Ephesus. This is what his prayer is for them. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And so Paul's request, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us that believe. Have we ever prayed a prayer like that, that we might know the immeasurable greatness of his power? Wow. You know what our prayers usually are? Lord, I'm suffering. I'm going through some hard times. Please help me. The cross has called you to suffer. Paul says that I might know his sufferings. And we shy away from them. We don't want them. Why? Because we don't want to die. But the gospel has called us to die to self. All Christians have this power living inside. All Christians have access to this immeasurable greatness of power. So what does this resurrection life of victory do for us? Here's a couple things that I take from this. Number one, it gives us power to conquer sin. When we crucify our flesh, when we put self on the cross and are resurrected to new life, it empowers us to conquer sin in our lives. Ephesians 4, 24. And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. When is a door not a door? When it's a jar, right? 
when it's something different? When is a thief no longer a thief? When he stops stealing? No. When he begins to labor with his hands, something different. When is a liar no longer a liar? When he stops lying? No. When he starts to tell the truth, something different. And God has called us to conquer sin in our lives through resurrection power. Putting on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness. So we've been renewed. We have this new self. It's the purpose of that new self is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. To become what God intends us to be. Secondly, it gives us power to become like him. 2 Corinthians 3.18, And we all, with an unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Paul says we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Into his likeness. Can you imagine what that means? Think about it. Everything about yourself that you do not like. All the sinful habits. The things you've wanted to change. The things that you've tried to change. God will deal with every single part of you. And change and transform you into his likeness. But it's only when. We crucify ourselves, we deny ourselves and place ourselves on the cross and truly follow him. Some of us go kicking and screaming to the cross. But the Lord says, take it up and follow me. And this is the power of his resurrection when we decide to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and be crucified with Christ. The choice is yours, Christian. Either we will follow Christ or we won't. The difference is living a life of dying to self and seeking or seeking to save yourself. Spiritual victory or spiritual defeat. This is all part of the gospel. That day when you repented of your sin and trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior... God has called you and commanded you to take up your cross and follow him. That's part of the gospel message. And so I pray that we as believers in this church, that we would decide that, yes, this is what we're going to do. Deny self, take up our cross, and follow him. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifewiththeridge.church.